What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Off-season podcasts start right now. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football today on this Monday, where coaches are getting fired left and right. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit subscribe and like. If you're listening, please leave us a nice review. Uh, wow, what a finish to the season. That was incredible. Imagine being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan last night. Oh. Heart, heart pounding, heart stopping stuff, Dave Richard. Good way to finish the 2021 season. I mean, we all love the drama. So just the drama of it all and the excitement of it all, I think it came to play. And when they hit overtime, when that game went overtime, I was thinking to myself, that's it. Sealers are out. They're just going to, you know, these two teams aren't going to mess around at this point. But one team messed around a little bit more than the other. And Jamie, I thought it was, you know, it was poetically sad that, the Chargers Achilles heel all year is their run defense. All they had to do was stop Josh Jacobs a couple times at the end. They let him get too close and they are out. And I think a lot of AFC teams probably breathing a sigh of relief. I don't know. You tell me, but I feel like the fan bases at least would rather see the Steelers and the Raiders in there than the Chargers. The, the fan bases of the rest of the teams in the AFC? Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, the last thing you want to do is see Justin Herbert. Clearly, he's uh, he's so talented and uh, unfortunately handcuffed by his coach and some of the stupid, stupid moves that his coach makes. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, the Steelers can um, can easily uh, – uh, should be the easiest opponent in, in the AFC. You know, it wouldn't be surprising just given some of the uh, the pieces that they have. You know, Mike Tomlin's clearly a great coach. Uh, they have – the defensive player of the year. So TJ Watt can wreck a game by himself. And who knows what Roethlisberger has left, if anything, to maybe, you know, pull one more, um, you know, magical run. But um, the interesting thing about this for the Chiefs is that are they healthy? You know, if yeah. Kelsey Hill and, and and their running backs are banged up, it could be a little bit closer game than people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely did want to see the Chargers. Uh, no. So what's your read? All right, here, here's my basic read on the uh, on the playoffs. AFC snooze fest, NFC anything could happen. NFC ten times more interesting than the AFC. You think the AFC is a snooze fest? Why you think it's gonna be Chiefs Bills? I think round I think round one at least feels like a snooze fest to me. Oh, round one, yes. Round one is probably all the favorites win. Yes. 
I, I mean, I'm, I am interested to see Bill Belichick locking up with the with the Bills for a third time. They can't play on the road. Yeah, they're not they're not that good. Yeah, kudos to them. Had a great season. I think they overachieved, but the Bills are so much better, right? I think anyway. Yes, Bills are better. I mean, the Bills haven't played well though. Last I know week. it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots gave them a game. Came down to the end, especially wouldn't if the weather's bad. Me. We've already seen that. Could see it again. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I I have really no interest in Bengals. I'm gonna watch every second. But Bengals Raiders, whatever. Bengals Raiders. Steelers. We just saw Steelers Chiefs. You're right about the injuries that can make. But snooze. But I don't know. I I mean, is there one game in the NFC where you feel very confident in picking a winner of the game? Eagles, no, Bucks. I mean the Bucks are still big, beat up right now. Uh, you know, obviously Brady. They, they, I think they're what seven and one at home this year. So the Eagles. The, the one thing that you you know worry about for the Eagles is that the strength of their team is the strength of the Bucks defense when they're right. You know, so they're running offense versus the the Bucks rush defense. You know, how much will they have success in that regard? I think Jalen Hurts can have to make some plays, and that could you know maybe sway things for for the Eagles. But obviously Tampa's so beat up. Uh, the Cowboys 49ers is going to be a great game. I mean, those two teams right now is in Dallas. That's the that's the the best game on the slate. Uh, but Rams Cardinals, they're both playing so bad <laughs> at this point. It's just a matter of like, who's going to play, play worse. I mean, I, I don't trust the Cardinals right now. I think the Rams won that one. Either. I do too, actually. I, you know, yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, I, I, right. The Cardinals have no mojo right now. Unless JJ Watt comes back, you know, maybe that does something for their defense. But I mean, just right now, like that was an embarrassing loss yesterday. It was terrible. Do you think that they dial it back? Do you think they go conservative and just try and, you know, make hope that the Cardinals make too many mistakes? I mean, I would have thought that yesterday too. <laughs> you know, they're up 17 nothing over the 49ers. Yeah. Then they started making mistakes of their own. It, it, it was almost like they were too conservative on offense. Yeah. For the Rams? Yeah. Well, the uh, the 49ers run defense is no joke. The Cardinals is not nearly as good. Uh, one of these two teams met recently, Monday night, December 13th, and the Rams won 30-23, to and DeAndre Hopkins was playing in that game. A.J. Green had 102 yards. Um, yeah, so, all right, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the playoffs getting started. This is a fantasy football podcast, though. We have three episodes this week, and later in the week we'll kind of break down the games a little bit, give you some DFS advice, that's those types of things. Uh, we'll give you winners and losers from Week 18. Look, Week 18 had a lot of great fantasy storylines. I really want to talk about Amonra St. Brown and Rashad Penny and see how you guys feel about them going in. Uh, I want to know if you have Debo Samuel as a top 10 or a top 12 PPR wide receiver. It's kind of a silly question to ask considering he's number three in PPR this year, but in such a crazy... is it is it sustain, I won't even call it unsustainable with him, but such a crazy, unusual way in which he went about getting his fantasy points. Amazing season for Debo. Threw a touchdown in Week 18. Um, also, we'll talk about the coaches who got fired a little bit. I think we might save that for tomorrow. And today is an award show. It's the nomination process. Here are the awards we're going to be, you know, giving, uh, figuring out our nominees. And you, the listeners, the viewers, are going to be able to vote on it. I'll tell you more about that later. But fantasy MVP, fantasy's biggest bust, rookie of the year, best waiver wire pickup, worst waiver wire pickup. Those are really fun. And the one game wonder of the season. Is it Mike White, perhaps? So they're going to be some. Oh yeah, I forgot about that moments today. Dave, why don't you give me the biggest Week 18 winner from a fantasy standpoint? No, I'm not sure oh. if I can pick one from a from a fantasy standpoint. I wonder if we maybe need to give a little bit more love to Josh Jacobs. I know that the Raiders won, and I know it was a 
you know, crazy game that went into overtime and all that. But I, I know that he did not make my initial, I don't think he made my initial top 24 overall for 2022. I don't know. You changed it a few times. <laughs> I, I've changed it. About, well, the first time I did it, I threw it together. It was really a poor effort on my part. And then the second time I did it, uh, I think I did a better job with it, but I don't have it in front of me right now. I don't remember. And um, I'm tired. So I don't know exactly where it is. I'm going to open up the document and I'll tell you, but I think that Jacobs is someone that maybe shouldn't be forgotten about and could end up being a decent value if he continues over. Are we having some connection issues, Jamie? Yeah. With Dave. You can hear me Uh, a little bit kind of cutting in and out. Yeah. Um, all right, Jacobs. So, yeah, he finishes strong and uh, two, 26 carries, 132 yards and a touchdown. And two weeks ago against the Broncos, I guess three games ago, 27 carries for 129 yards. So it's 129 yards or a touchdown in three straight games. Uh, Jamie, did he crack your top 24? Uh, no, but he'll be right right near it. Um, and, and some of it, you know, depends. Like I have Javante Williams in the top 24. We'll see what happens there with, you know, quarterback and uh, additional runner runner added potentially, but I mean that round three, round four range is going to be pretty nice, you know, depending on how things shake out with guys like Debo Samuel and, and Josh Jacobs and whatnot. All right, Jamie, how about a big loser from week 18? Uh, I was gonna give you another winner just uh, quickly uh, when Dave froze. So Mike Evans, um, you know, this could be the type of performance we're looking at from him. Not maybe not two touchdowns, but six eighty nine and one. Um, if they don't bring back Godwin or Godwin's not ready to go, and and this is you know a Gronk, Evans, and then just a bunch of guys offense next year, so you know this is it was encouraging I think for you know for Mike Evans to have you know this type of performance without the additional guys around him. Um, yeah. A week eighteen loser. Um, hmm. uh, can I give one and you can react here? Yeah, I was trying to think of like who struggled that mattered. CD Lamb. I want to make sure we talk about him. He really went to the finish, didn't he? He sure did. His last six games, and all since returning from an injury, haven't read anything, haven't seen any that that uses an excuse. Maybe it's coincidence. Last six games, 29 catches, 362 yards, no touchdowns on 43 targets. So if per 16 games, that would be 77 catches for 965 yards on 115 targets. But the first game of that stretch was good against New Orleans, and the last five has been 65 or fewer yards and no touchdowns, Jamie. So I'll just go ahead and nominate Lamb as the loser here. And, and you know, I, I think we all want to be excited about him going forward. Has he done enough to warrant a top 12 selection as a wide receiver? No, probably not. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, you brought this up. I was, I was thinking the same thing, that with Gallup out, uh, does he play more outside and does that help him? And it seemed as if they, they uh, didn't necessarily, you know, move him very much um, with Cedric Wilson. So well, he was outside almost the entire game and it didn't help. I'm sorry. It didn't help him with, with Gallup not there. Um, you're right. Wilson played more inside. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. You know, I, I want to see what happens this off season, what they do um, to add to their receiving core. I, I think he'll actually end up probably being a good buy now. Cause they'll probably follow, but uh, based on where the expectations were, but um, I mean, you know, kudos to Dak, you know, he's used guys, he, you know, he's made Schultz a thing. He's made, uh, you know, He's made Cedric use of Cooper. He's made use of of Wilson. He's made use of Gallup. He's made use of Lamb. He's made use of his running backs. You know, he's really diversified his offense. So, I want to see what Lamb does in the playoffs. If he if if he limps to the end in the playoffs too, then I've got some concern. But this is where Dak might go right back to leaning on him as a playmaker. He might do it with Cooper. I think we'll get an idea of how Dak feels about these receivers in the playoffs. Yeah. It, 
the the splits with or without Michael Gallup in terms of yards per target. I, I don't remember where I went, mentioned this, but it was on one of the shows. It was like two and a half more yards per target for for Cooper or for Lamb rather with and without Gallup, which is probably just playing inside versus playing outside. We'd have to get those those splits, which we can do. Um, and his yards per target were really good. He had like forty yards mm-hmm. or forty three yards something on two targets. But uh, you know that's not going to really make much of an impact uh, in fantasy. Okay, uh, how about this, Debo Samuel or, or CD Lamb next season PPR? Debo, I think it's Debo. Okay, uh, more on him in a moment. You can vote on the award winners in our Facebook group, on Twitter, and in our YouTube community lab. So we're gonna we're gonna give you these six, I think, categories. We're gonna come up with a list of four nominees. We're gonna talk it out. And then you can vote, and we're going to announce the winners that you vote on next week. Um, but it's always a lot of fun and inspires great debate, especially in our Facebook group. So you can do this on our Facebook group, which is just Fantasy Football Today. Search for it on Facebook or click the link in the episode description on Twitter and in the YouTube community lab or community tab. I read that wrong. Sorry. Community tab. I don't know much Why about YouTube. cooler. <laughs> yeah, right? It did. Cool lab that you guys can go into and mess with stats and talk with each other and create your own emoji. Yeah. There are beakers and uh graduated Unstuck. cylinders, isn't that a thing? Goggles. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can also leave us a nice five-star review, which would be great. Please do that on Spotify. I'm going to save the coach talk for tomorrow, but Denver fired Vic Fangio, Mike Zimmer out, Matt Nagy out, Brian Flores out. Will Joe Judge be fired by the end of this episode, guys? Another 30 yeah. or 40 minutes. I would hope so for your sake, your sanity. Yeah, Jamie, your guess was what? I mean, he should be. <laughs> you know, I think teams should QB sneak at their own five-yard line on third down more often. I think we need. I still to- don't understand why you're you're hoping he stays. I don't care anymore. I because because he, we liked him at the end of last year and we hate him now. He's the same coach. The team sucks. Nobody can win with Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon. I don't care. It's stop cycling through coaches. Vic, Fan, Vic Fangio should not have been fired, in my opinion. You, you know, can you guarantee me that the Vikings are going to replace somebody, replace Zimmer with somebody better? Zimmer had a pretty good run there. Uh, Brian yeah, Flores. But I mean, at some point, at some point, if it's not working, how long do you continue to run with it? I, I, I guess I could, you know, you could say uh, it just, you know, ran its the course. The Fangio thing is 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 valid, but I think you know part of it also is you know, the mindset of what the, the front office wants, you know, so seeing your coach kick when you have a chance, you know, when you need to score a touchdown and those type of decisions, you know, I think that matters. That can't be uh, there's also some thought that, that the GM has a relationship with, with Dan Quinn. So he wants Dan Quinn. There's also the thought of if you get Nathaniel Hackett, you get Aaron Rodgers. D- D- so. Dan Quinn is exactly, is exactly why I don't think that you should just necessarily fire Joe judge or any coach. You know, what makes a coach but good? That's not necessarily. That's not necessarily about who those guys are as coaches. It's about the relationship those guys have as friends. I understand, but it, you know who? What? Who's a good coach? A lot of times, it's a guy with a good roster. You know, so with Dan Quinn, he, he was a bad. He was a bad coach a year ago. Now he's a great defensive coordinator again. So he's going to be a good coach the next time around. It's just, it's just a silly process, and it leads to a lot of repeated failure. And so I, I don't know that. That's, that's my whole thing. It's just. It's not necessarily the coach's fault. Um, that, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not there. I'm not in the locker room. But firing the coach is not always the solution. I'm very surprised about the Dolphins. I just, 
must that maybe there's something there. Maybe they want to go after. Well, that's Harbaugh. what you're hearing is that there was a power struggle. Yeah. Well, all right. Everybody wants power. There's also the the Michigan tie between Stephen Ross and John Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. John. Jim. 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 Belushi. Really? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, news and notes. Hey, who's going to win tonight? By the way. Us. Who's us? Us. We're going to get treated to a hell of a game. Oh, I hope you're right. It didn't happen in the SEC championship game. Oh, I think it'll be. I think Alabama pulls it up. I think Georgia gives them a tough time. All right. News and notes. Taysom Hill left with a foot injury. Najee Harris played through an injury. Cyril Grayson left with a hamstring injury. They're quite depleted there. Jalen Waddell set the rookie record for receptions. CJ Uzama left with a hip injury. New England left tackle Isaiah Wynn left with an injury. And those are all of the news and notes I have. Jamie mentioned Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey got a little dinged up. And Daryl Williams. And Daryl Williams, yeah. Daryl Williams as well. Chiefs are beat up right now. All right, more Week 18 winners. So can we talk about Amonra St. Brown and Rashad Penny and their finishes? St. Brown, in his last six games, he is the number three wide receiver in non-PPR, number two in PPR. He's top five per game in both formats. He's third in PPR per game. And who's buying in? Who's buying in as a, you know, I'm gonna top top 24. I'll just bring this up again. I know we, we did it, I think, last week. But top 24 in your rankings, Amonra St. Brown. He's going to be very close. I mean, you know, I liked him following the draft process. I liked him for a long time. Um, I want to see what they do. If Jared Goff is back, I want to see what they do in terms of adding to this receiving core. They need to have somebody else there. It just can't be what they what they currently have. Um, and clearly a lot of this came with TJ Hawkinson sideline. So, you know, that, that should factor into this also, but he's got the, he's got the potential to be good. You know, I mean, you see what he does, uh, you know, as, as a playmaker for this team, you see what he does in terms of when he's getting featured, which, which has been the case. Um, so there's a lot to like, you know, it's just a matter of, and, and I think this is a dilemma. A lot of people are going to fall into the, the retread guys that, you know, you're still hoping for, you know, quality production. The, the name that comes to mind for me is a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Because obviously Hopkins, when he's right, is, is a much better player, at least should be. Um, but is he still that type of guy? And so, you know, I, the offseason is going to determine, I think, a lot of these these questions. But I think for right now, yes, I would buy into him as a low-end number two receiver. I think I would, too. You think about the target volume that he had to end the year, and it seems unsustainable. I don't think he can get double-digit targets every game next year. But what if he catches six or seven balls each week and he averages around... 10, 12 yards per catch, scores. I mean, he's a top 15 receiver in that regard. What's that? He's a top 15 receiver in that regard if he's catching six or seven passes a week. Right. If if he is a consistent PPR receiver of getting you between 12 and 18 a week, I mean, I'm putting him ahead of DeAndre Hopkins immediately. Hopkins wasn't getting that type of target Mm -hmm. volume this year, and he he was a touchdown-dependent type of a guy. And I've got Hopkins right now in my top 20. So I think that it's easy to put St. Brown for now in top 20. And I don't see the the Lions making a huge splash at wide receiver. This is a team that's still going to lean on that identity of their strong offensive line. And St. Brown's just a nice, easy target for Jared Goff, assuming Goff is the guy next year. Yeah, he obviously, he's probably going to remind a lot of people of Jarvis Landry, who was probably the most underrated on draft day wide receiver in fantasy Every single year, he exceeded his ADP, basically, for the, I don't know, maybe the first five years of his career. Um, mm-hmm. 
I want to read a couple of quotes about Amon St. Brown from the Detroit Free Press. I mean, this is probably from a lot of places, but where I read it. Uh, this is from Dan Campbell. This kid is, I mean, he's better than gold. When you're, the, when you're the athlete, he is explosive, but then you're tough and you're competitive. It's just the way you're made up, and he's smart. And those guys are hard to find that are all-encompassing like that. So I'm glad we've got him, and he proved again. The consistency is there. That's for dang sure. But then how about this one from Jared Goff, which is you know, it's so interesting because it's the fantasy conundrum. Watching him grow into that role was so cool. Sometimes that's how it happens, and it happens later in the season. And if TJ is healthy, and if Cephas is healthy, and if Tyrell is healthy the whole year, he probably doesn't get these opportunities. That's how this league goes. And he got those opportunities and clearly made the most of it. He's a special player, a special dude. Look forward to playing with him for sure. So, yeah, right. I mean, interesting stuff. I don't think if all those guys come back and get healthy that they limit what they do with St. Brown. Right. Just don't say, I think he's earned himself a spot playing a lot of snaps for the Lions next year. Right. The biggest question, though, is he's not getting 11-plus targets a week. with Exactly. Those it's going to be like 7, 8, 9. Yeah. Why there will be some weeks where it's 5 or 6. Why, is, be uh, why is 6 afraid of 7, Dave? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on now. All right. How about Rashad Penny? My favorite stat on Rashad Penny. He had 119 carries. One out of... Tw- uh, 10, I guess, really. Like one out of 10 or 11 went for more than 20 yards. That is insane. He had 11 yeah. carries of 20 plus yards. That is the third most in the NFL behind Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb on 119 carries. If you look at the running backs who had 120 or fewer carries, Rashad Penny had 11 big plays, 11 carries of 20 or more yards. The next best was four by any running back with 120 or fewer carries. That was Rashad Penny and Khalil. Oh, that was a Khalil Herbert and Dearness Johnson. So I don't get it, man. Like, he doesn't look like he'd be this explosive running back, but he's doing it every single week. He he just had a a 62-yard touchdown run in week 18, a 47-yard touchdown run in week 14. He's a free agent, but... Uh, a total, the biggest thing. a total the biggest stud. Thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what are you thinking about? Like, let's. What if he ends up back on the on the Seahawks? Where do you think you'd rank him? If Seattle stays the same, same coach, same quarterback, and same backfield situation with maybe Chris Carson coming back healthy, then I think you like it better. Uh, I'm gonna probably hate him unless he goes to a team that just has a great offensive line in place and a good system, uh, because it just feels like somebody would be taking his production from the last five or six games as opposed to the body of work that he's been. You know, can he stay healthy? Can he thrive in another situation? Is he going to share with somebody else? I mean, everything kind of fell in line for him in this, in this stretch of games where they needed him. And Pete Carroll said after the game last night, you know, what was the difference in your you know winning streak versus the beginning of the season? He goes, we ran the ball. Yeah. And so, you know, Carroll would be committed to it. Um, I, I think, you know, he would be probably the lead guy, which is what they hoped for when they drafted him in the first round four years ago, uh, more so than Chris Carson, even Carson's 100%. But there's just so many variables for him right now to determine. But I think, you know, like we're going to do draft on Thursday. Uh, my guess is he's going to go in the first five rounds because of of what the um, you know production has been and what the upside still can be, but it feels like you know he goes someplace else. This is the type of player that ends up being a bust. Dave, thoughts on Penny? He had at least he had at least nineteen PPR points in four of his last five games. He was unstoppable, and this this is what the pedigree was when he came out of college. And I, I think that round five range is where people, if, if he stays in Seattle, if Chris Carson stays in Seattle, um, look, they're going to have to have somebody ready to go in case he gets hurt. I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to put it all on Rashad Penny's plate again without a good 1B running back to work with him. 
but he's he's got this explosiveness that can help him put up good fantasy production, even if he's getting fewer carries than what he's been getting over the past few weeks. So I think people would take a chance on him in round five if things stay the way that they are. Does he remind you of last year's David Montgomery, who was incredible down the stretch and had so many easy matchups, easy matchup after easy matchup after easy matchup. And Penny kind of did too. You know, he started this explosion started with Houston. Then he stunk against the Rams, 11 carries for 30. I stunk. He doesn't have a lot of work. 11 carries, 39 yards, two for 25 receiving and got hurt in that game. I think, um, then the bears game, then, then it was the bears. They're terrible against the run. Then the lions, they're, Great matchup. Then the Cardinals, they're not good against the run either, although they had been coming into this game, and he tore them apart. They had been you know, on a nice stretch. And then, you know, you get for Montgomery, he kind of went back to being this kind of runner, but he had a great role. You're not going to get the passing downs role from Penny. Uh, do you guys see a comparison there of between the two? Is it- uh, yes, in, in the setup. But again, you know, he may have a different quarterback. He may be on a different team. He may have a different head coach. There's just so much that's going to change for him potentially. So if everything is the same, then yes, you could see a similar type of David Montgomery um, decline, you know, where it wasn't as great because the matchups weren't as favorable. So yes, for sure. Yeah. But I do think that, look, he can end up like, what if he goes to Miami and they have a better coach and, and, you know, they have, they have so much money to spend a first round pick. You know, that, that's just all invested in building around Tua with with uh, offensive line, and then they add a free agent running back like somebody like Penny. That's a pretty good situation. You know, if he goes to Houston, you know, and he's in, in, a, in a split with, with Davis Mills, who showed a lot of promise, but he's sharing with Rex Burkhead and whatever other, you know, retread guy that they decide to bring in there because they, they just wanted to get somebody that was good but cheap, and I'm sure these running backs are going to be cheap then it's not a great situation. So there, there's so many ways this can go with Rashad Penny. And that's the thing I think that people have to be, be thinking about. Certainly if you're a dynasty manager, you should be selling because his value is so high right now. All right. And tell me about Debo Samuel. That's the last guy I want to talk about. And then I'll just let you guys, if you want to give me more winners, that's fine. Or we can do the awards, whatever it is. Uh, Debo Samuel ends up as the number two wide receiver in non PPR, number three in full PPR, 120 targets. You know, Chris Godwin was wide receiver two a few years ago with 120 targets in 14 games, but those are the only two guys. I mean, that's the lowest number for a top wide, top five wide receiver since Jordy Nelson in 2011. So it's just rare. He had six receiving touchdowns, but he had eight rushing touchdowns, and yak like holy yak with Debo Samuel. So he averaged 10 yards after the catch per catch. Compare that, like Cooper Cup led the NFL in yards after catch, and Debo was second, but Cooper Cup averaged 5.9 yards after catch per catch, and and it's a, it's a lot to say, and Debo was at 10 yak per catch. Uh, I mean, he's he's mind-blowing, this statistic, and most people in San Francisco are, I guess, but anyway, Dave, where'd you end up with Debo in your t- early 2022 rankings? I've got him ninth among receivers. Next year, he averaged coming into the week 19.9 PPR points per game. I would imagine that that'll come down considerably next year, but he's still going to be in that range of, I would guess, or averaging 15 to 16 PPR points per game and would be a must-start guy. The rushing production just on top of everything else. You hope he stays healthy. You hope he stays uh, that big factor in the 49ers offense. I don't think they have any reason whatsoever to get away from him. 
The other issue that you've got to consider is what do they do at quarterback? Is Jimmy Garoppolo back? Remember, most of this production came with Garoppolo. Garoppolo played the majority of the year. With Trey Lance, he did have some good plays, but Lance figures to not throw as much as Garoppolo did. And this is already on a team that loves to run the football to begin with. So you can't shoot him to the moon. You can't call him a top five receiver next year, in my opinion. I think he's a top 10, but closer to 10. In the two games that Lance started, he had a nine-target game against the Cardinals in week five. So at least that's encouraging that he was looking for him. He only had three catches, 58 yards in that game, but clearly did some damage on the ground because he scored 15 PPR points. In the week 17 game, which it was a much more favorable opponent, uh, six targets, three catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. That's, so those are the two games Lance started. Now, in the Week 4 game, I don't know what the split is, so uh, it could be obviously a lot more Jimmy Garoppolo. But in the Week 4 game against Seattle, he has 13 targets, eight catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. I have no idea what that was. Well, you remember he had the 75-yard right? touchdown, right? Yeah, right. whatever it was. Right. Okay, but still, you take that away, that's 90 yards receiving and seven catches and, and 12 targets, so in a touchdown. So, again, whatever the split was between you know Garoppolo and, and Lance, I don't know. Uh, but in any event, um, three of his very productive games came with Lance playing in some capacity. So I think that's something you got to keep in mind. I also was, uh, um, you know, hearing some people say that some other sites may give him running back eligibility, which would definitely change how you have to view him oh, yeah. if he's allowed to be drafted at that capacity because of how much work he did in the backfield. I don't know if we're going to do that. That's obviously something we'll have to have a conversation of this off season, but you got to think about it in two of three years, he's been really good. But he also, I think, has a little bit of an injury-prone label to him because of what happened in his second season, and he did miss a little bit of time uh, and spend time on the practice report, um, you know, banged up. And and the additional work will probably lead to maybe some more injuries. But he's just shown you so much potential. And this year, you know, everything just kind of worked in his favor and, and, and he exploded. So I think it's going to be very difficult not to draft him, probably in round three. Uh, if it's a very heavy receiver draft, probably see him go at the end of round two. There's just so much to love about his upside in this offense. Where did you end up ranking? Where is he in your top He's in my 20? top 10. Yeah, same. Top 10. Uh, by the way, uh, the splits in that week four game, he had 13 targets for the game, and he had eight of them with Trey Lance in the second half. Yeah. Okay. Eight, eight out of so 18. That's, that's now two passes. of three games where he had eight or more targets from Lance. That's a good sign. Yeah. That's a good sign for sure. Uh, oh, Kittle did play in that game, yeah. And Kittle had 10 targets in that game too. Kittle did not play in that game. No. Week yes. four, I thought he was out. No, he did play. Okay. Uh, Garoppolo, yeah, they, they all played. The whole band and Ayuk was, was back in full swing. Was he, he a full time player? Got, oh, that was I don't Ayuk know about this. The uh, he had three targets. And let's see. How much did this? Not sure people care so much. Uh, Kittle played ninety two percent of the snaps. Samuel eighty nine percent. Ayuk sixty seven percent of the snaps. Okay, so he was coming out of the doghouse at that point. Okay. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about from week 18? Anything that jumped out at you? Or we, we can move on to the awards. You can yep. produce the show. You move on yeah, to the awards. All right. Absolutely. Let's do the awards. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're nominating awards. MVP, big biggest bust, rookie of the year, best waiver wire pickup, worst waiver wire pickup, and the one-game wonder of the 2021 season. We will be right back on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. 
Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So who is the fantasy MVP? Is it Debo Samuel? We just talked about him. Debo? Yeah. Well, we have to come up with a list of four. So uh, four I have were... Uh, based on where they were drafted in their production, were Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, James Conner, and Mark Andrews. Oh, I didn't, go, I didn't go with Conner. That's a good one. I went with Jamar Chase as my fourth with Cup, Andrews, and Debo. I mean, Conner was, what, a top five running back and was drafted, what, somewhere around round eight, round nine? Yeah, Jamar Chase was a top five wide receiver. He was, ranked, he was drafted 75th overall. Let me see. The ADP. I'm, I was using Fantasy Pros ADP in full PPR. So Chase Connor was probably after Chase. Chase was uh, Connor was almost certainly after Chase. Seventy fifth, and Connor was yeah, a hundred and first. All right, let's throw James Connor up. I there. mean, you want to put Chase over Andrews? I have no problem with that. All right, so we've got five. And are we missing anyone? I, I don't want them to win. That's the problem. What's that? Who's going to win? I don't think case for Andrews to win or for Chase to win, considering the other three names that you've brought up. Well, I mean, Andrews is the best tight end in fantasy. That's hard not sure. to. But he was still drafted relatively early. He was tight end five. He was just after Kyle Pitts in eight, in Fantasy Pros PPR ADP. Basically the same. Let's do it. Jonathan Taylor. Should we just talk about Jonathan Taylor as a possibility here? Uh, you have to. I mean, you know, I, I, I think he's He's, he's definitely in consideration, but you know when you start to factor in ADP versus production, you know I don't know where he finished. I I think he was somewhere back into round one, early round two, which is again stupid yeah. because of the Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson injuries that pushed him down. But um, I mean I I think you know the, the two receivers for sure in terms of Debo and Cup. It's hard to argue that those guys are not better than him based on where they were drafted and the production they gave you. And and Cup averaged. Five, five, uh, four and a half points per game more than Debo Samuel. So even though Debo went a lot later, Debo was 88th overall. He was wide receiver 35. Cup basically cut it in half. 46 overall. He was wide receiver 17. That's a pretty big edge. So we're set on yeah, Cup and Debo. Right. That makes the difference for me. All right, we're set on Cup and Debo. We get, we got to give four names here. So I think we've Connor belongs. I think Connor is a good call. All right, then we're down to T- Taylor, Jamar Chase, and Mark Andrews. I think we look silly not having Jonathan Taylor on the list. I would agree. Yeah. All right, so so Schrager, you're making a note of all this? Got it all. All right, we got Cup, Debo, Jonathan Taylor, and James Conner, right? Okay. Biggest bust. What do you got? What do we got for biggest bust? I have two Think- running backs, two receivers. Okay. I can guess the receivers. Uh, two running backs are Saquon Barkley and Miles Gaskin. Oh, Gaskin. Yeah. Gaskin okay. was terrible. And the two receivers are Terry McLaurin and Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean, that's not yeah, even a contest, though, right. between Robinson and McLaurin. I mean, they were drafted pretty similarly, so 
Robinson is that's why I didn't even put McLaurin on the list because Robinson is so much bustier. <laughs> right? He's like the war, the biggest bust ever. He didn't even get hurt. Holy like, I mean we missed we won one or two games and whatever, but no, he missed, I think, three or four. Uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm not kidding. You know what? I'm just let me rant. But even before that, he it was, was so bad. bad. Oh my like gosh. Oh man. All right. Robinson has to be on the list. Barkley has to be on the list. And we're not doing we're not doing like mega injury bus. You miss a few games, that's one thing, but it's performance related here. I started looking at it and I was when I was gonna tweet over the weekend, but it was just too much too much time. But um I, the, my criteria when I was looking at it was did they play at least twelve games? Okay, fair. Uh, all right, so I think uh, Barkley and Robinson are on there. We'll talk. McLaurin's a possibility. Dave, who else? Well, the receivers are exactly who I had. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else that really could could qualify as much. I mean, people like I could say Chase Claypool, for example, or Jerry Judy. Those guys were guys that we missed on, but I don't think that they are in the same ballpark. Oh, you got you missing. McLaurin. Robinson. How about a wide receiver who caught zero touchdowns this year? Galladay? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, 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 he was I him a bust going into the season, so I don't feel like he's a bust when he, when he acted that way. He was wide receiver 30 in ADP. He was, yeah. I mean, Robinson I mean, is definitely the, the <laughs> Robinson's definitely ahead of him, but. Me, McLaurin's the worst. Okay. Hold on, I got another one. So? And I don't know if he qualifies because of the injury thing, but could you make the case that Miles Sanders was a fantasy bust? No. I don't think so. He didn't go high enough. Three games, only three games with more than 10 PPR points. That's actually all year. A, a But pretty once good they call. committed to running the ball and he was healthy, he was a must-start guy. Yeah, but he only had two good games when they started doing that. Yeah, but how many of those did he leave with injury? Right, right. So, like, I don't know if he qualifies because of Yeah, I wouldn't call him a bust. I don't think a lot of people would view him that way. To me, Gaskin's a bigger bust. Gaskin's a pretty big bust. Um, Gaskin's. Mike Ben Ben wants to throw Mike Davis's name in the ring. I would say he yeah, thought, that, I guess that's a pretty good one. Uh, he had more ten point PPR games than Miles Sanders did. That's that, that, I mean that's pretty that's a pretty good case. How many games did Sanders end up playing? He was on IR, on IR for three games. So what else did he miss? Uh, this week eighteen. This week. I don't think he played enough games. Let's see. I don't know if he. I think he probably played twelve. I think Dave. I think you're onto something here with Miles Sanders. He was a colossal I think bust. He missed. I'm he played I'm twelve. Not, I'm all confirm it, but I think he missed only six games. He played twelve. Okay, so then that qualifies him. Pretty played twelve close. games. Was good in three of the twelve. Was oh. definitely he. He wasn't as sought after as he was two years ago. Yeah. All right. So I think he belongs on the list. I don't. I don't know if he'll beat Saquon, but Saquon had more games with ten PPR points. He had Saquon had a couple with twenty. All right, so we have Barkley, Robinson. You guys seem pretty intent on McLaurin, keeping him. I would. Okay, Barkley, Robinson, McLaurin, and then we need one more guy. Is it going to be Mike Davis? Is it going to be Miles Gaskin? Is it going to be Miles Sanders? Schrager, you want to cast the deciding vote here? You know what? With all these other names, I think I would take McLaurin off. I kind of agree. Like, I agree that he was terrible this year, and it sucked having him on your fantasy team. But these guys stunk even more. Okay, fine. So I'll say my final four would be Robinson, Barkley, um, Miles Sanders, and then who else, Dave? I think, belongs, I think Gaskin belongs on there. I think Barkley belongs on there. I think Sanders belongs on there. 
The I thing about Allen Robinson, him. like he busted, but we we were we were through with him by like week six, and he That's absolutely right. ended up the year on the waiver wire in a ton of leagues. No one was starting him. Gaskin's got to be a must because he was drafted as an RB two and he was awful. All right, so and we kept going back to him. Yeah, but I mean, like, at least you got some good games. We were starting this guy even though he was terrible. At least you got something from him. Robinson, I mean, there's no Robinson other player. Is definitely on the list. He was a top 10 receiver drafted. He was terrible. He's the biggest bust he's of the, the year. There's he's the winner. Him. This, is all, this is all a boot point because Robinson's going to run away with yeah. it. <laughs> all right, fine. So so then let's put Gaskin, Robinson, Barkley, Gaskin, and uh, I'm I'm cool with Miles Sanders. Let's throw him on there. I'm not, but that's I'll 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 be the center. Who goes ahead of him? McLaurin? Oh, I would put McLaurin in. Shaggy B? No. Let's go, Terry. Sanders, when we started him towards the end of the year, was good. Uh, was he? For a couple of games. For a couple of games, he was. Yeah. All right. Um, he was for, yeah. He he really wasn't, though. He was for two games, Jets and, and Washington. Yeah. Problem is, he just yeah. barely caught any passes. All right. Let's go to uh, Rookie of the Year. This is actually this is a pretty good one here. This is a really good one. Yeah, but you know who's going to win. I don't know who's going to win. I think it's going to be it's very close. close. Oh, it's, it's very close. Be, no, it's you. You mentioned him for MVP. How's he not going to be rookie of the year? Because it's ADP. <laughs> but it's not. It's uh, to me, it's Najee Harris. I wouldn't. No. Even, I would vote for Najee over Chase. They're both top five at their position. First, you're going to get recency bias because Jamar Chase won a lot of people fantasy championships. So you're going to have that problem to deal with. Jamar Chase has been the best rookie. I mean, he just he's he's he was close to setting rookie records. He's. I mean, he's he's amazing. Najee Harris, I think you could argue, had a better fantasy season. And here's my case for Najee ahead of Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, ahead, yeah, Jamar Chase was amazing in week 16 and 17. Uh, and that was, you know, help people win, especially especially week 17. What he did in the fantasy championship can't be overlooked. Najee Harris had a pretty good fantasy championship too, you know, on that Monday night with that last run. But uh, from weeks 8 through 13, crunch time down the stretch, five straight games with 13 or one, 13.1 or fewer fantasy points in PPR for Jamar Chase. He was kind of a dud until he turned it on in week 16 and 17. Round one of the fantasy playoffs, he scored uh, 1.3 PPR fantasy points. So I think Chase is is easily top two. I think he's probably going to win. But I really think Najee Harris, a top three running back. He was the number three running back in PPR. The reason I didn't put him in his fantasy MVP is just because his ADP was so much higher than Chase's. Mm-hmm. But the number three Running back in PPR compared, I think he was the number four wide receiver in PPR, maybe number five. Uh, okay, but I mean, if, you just, if, you, if, you, if you're just comparing them as players, points per game chase was better. Total points chase was better. Uh, was it weighted heavily by the two monster games that Chase had, which it doesn't were matter. I mean, Chase also right, was amazing in the beginning of the season. They were, better, they were better than any two games that Najee had. Najee was more consistent. Chase had the two blow-up games. I mean, they're, they're the top two guys. But yeah. I would take Chase. I think, yeah, I think people will take Chase. But fine, they're the top two guys. Then who's three I think and four? The case for Najee should be heard, though, and I think you made a good case for him. He, he had four games all season with fewer than seven PPR fantasy points. They were in weeks one, or three games, actually. One, 12, and 15. He scored 15.7 or more PPR fantasy points in every other game, uh, except for week 18, where he was in and out of the lineup. Um, but they both didn't play week 18, basically. Yeah, so forget that. But... Uh, yeah, all right, fine. Najee, Jamar Chase. The other three guys I had were Elijah Mitchell, St. Brown, and Jalen Waddell. Am I forgetting anyone? 
No, I think no. those are the best five. So those, who's, yeah. who's, who are we getting out of there? Um, I would probably remove St. Brown just because of body of work. It was toward the end of the season, but you can make a case for Mitchell because of how much time he missed toward the end of the season. So either one of those two. Waddle's definitely got to be on the list. He was awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's remove. Let's remove. Uh, Shagger, I'll let you decide. Let's get Mitchell out of there. Yeah, get I think Mitchell, M- Mitchell is most likely going to be a strong candidate for best waiver wire pickup. So Yes. Yeah, so is St. Brown. <laughs> All right, best waiver wire pickup. Here we go. St. Brown, Penny, Mitchell, or they got to be on the list, right? Cordero Patterson has to be on the list. Cordero Patterson oh. and Dalton should be there too. I knew there was going to be one of those, oh, that guy. Because uh, he's, he's going to be somebody that people forget because of how the season ended for him. Like he, he got so to. many people and in multiple spots. To me, he's the winner because you could have played him at either spot. You could have used him in different ways. Um, you know, if you need a receiver one week, you could have played him there. You need a running back one week, could have played him there. Uh, I think he's the best waiver wire pickup of the season. I don't think Penny belongs on the list. And I I, I think the last four games were amazing, but I think the body of work is better for the other St. Brown. Well, St. Brown had some contributions before then. St. Brown was like was better went. though than Penny. If you just look at their, their you know for Penny it was five games sure, and one was bad for, for St. Brown. When St. Brown became a guys, it was the end of the season. That's when you were looking at them as 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 definite players in your lineup. Right. Yeah, I, I think it'll come down to Patterson or Mitchell, but I think Dalton Schultz is a dark horse. Dalton I think Schultz. he was really good. He was awesome. St. Brown and Penny helped you at the end of the year. St. Brown, I don't know if you really bought into him in October when he started to play a little bit more and get more work. But to me, that was an edge. Like Penny was off the radar until November. This is a tough category, but I forgot about Patterson. He's absolutely number one there. Uh, we'll let, we'll let the people vote, but he'll be on the list. Okay. So Patterson, St. Brown's gotta, gotta be on. Um, yeah, I, I think those Eli four, because you know, again, it, it shouldn't be discounted of when you help people because you help people at the end is, is, and I put Taysom Hill as a fifth guy too, because he was somebody that you started at, uh, at quarterback for a stretch and you're know, looking at that position, there really wasn't a lot of guys that we picked up and said, were you know, starters right away. There were a few streamers, but once he became a starter, people were starting him, whether you, whether you consistently did or not, I think you started. You know, I, I think I got to put Taysom Hill on there. I'm sorry, Dalton Schultz. I think I put Dalton Schultz. I would put Patterson, Mitchell Schultz, and then you can make a case for either Penny or St. Brown. Yeah. I, I would go St. Brown over Penny. Sure. That's fine. I am, yeah, I think we're in complete agreement there because Dalton Schultz was awesome in the fantasy playoffs. 20 points, 22 points, 11 points. He was awesome at the beginning of the season, too. That's the better part of it. Yeah, he was a top five tight end, and you got him in week three. He was 5% rostered. Uh, I think Sony Michelle deserves a shout out. Deontay Foreman. Yep. Those guys were good. Matt, Alexander Madison (laughs) was 53% rostered after week two. He's not going to make the cut, but all right. So we got shout outs Devontae Freeman, Darnell Mooney, Pat Fryermuth but not good enough to be on the final list. We've got Patterson, Mitchell, Dalton Schultz, and St. Brown. There Worst is. waiver wire pickup. Who'd you guys come up with for this? Uh, well, the first name that I had was Kadarius Tony, who looked great for a couple of games, and then the combination of giants and injuries just completely removed him from being useful in fantasy. But I, I know that there was one person on this podcast that was really, 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 really in love with Kadarius Tony. And I like him too. Don't talk I about Heath. Don't talk about Heath when he's not on the show, Dave. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's on the list. Cole Komet is on the list. He was always just eh. Uh, Rashad Bateman. We all made a big hullabaloo about Bateman. 
Uh, I don't think we ever necessarily had him as the guy to go get, but he's somebody that I think fantasy managers gravitated toward. And then he, he was, he had a couple of okay games. I think he had one really good game. Um, I didn't like him, but I know a lot of people did was Peterson. Oh, he, he, he was one of my guys. Kadarius Tony was. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Rondell Moore, week three. He, he never did anything after that second game of this season. Uh, Sam Darnold. Remember how a lot of people were buying into Sam Darnold, not us. He got you a couple good starts, though, with his rushing production early. He did, but in, in week four, that's when I think people started to finally buy in. <laughs> and then he had maybe one more good game. Uh, how about Cam? Same Cam thing. came to mind, too. Cam's this was a good tough. one for this. This was really tough. Uh, Damian Williams. Remember how people... We thought Montgomery yeah, was a good one. We thought Montgomery was going to be out a while. And Williams, he plays one game. He had a good game. Split carries with Herbert, but they both were good. And then I think well, he, he went on hurt. the COVID list or he got hurt. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah, I think he went on the COVID list midweek. Montgomery missed four games. And then uh, whatever it was. And then Khalil Herbert just took the job for the next three weeks, I think. Yep. Yes. All right. So, Schrager, what does it look like here for worst waiver wire pickup? Adrian Peterson, Tony, Darnold, or Cam. I think Rondell Moore deserves to be on there. Okay. Beyond that, I think that's our good start. AP, Moore, Darnold, or Cam for sure. And Tony. And Tony. I think we I think we should put Cam on there. Yeah, me too. We, everybody was kind of hyped up about Cam Newton coming back. Me too. Okay, one game wonder. So this is a, a player who had a huge week and didn't really do much else. Cam. Yeah. Cam didn't Cam have Cam had one more good game or no? He had two. He had two. That to me, there's one clear winner, and that's Justin Jackson, week 16. 33 fantasy points in place of Austin Eckler. People used him. People got to the fantasy championship because of him. And then they were smart enough to not use him the week after because they knew that Eckler would be back. Tyler Huntley, too. Same thing, the Packers game. Yep, week 15, 39 points. Are we looking at players who were helpful for fantasy managers or players who weren't? You know, because is this... I think it should be helpful. Well, I, like to me, this is Tyler Huntley's category because even as as recently as yesterday, um, I, yeah. I know I was on the other side of this, but um, you, you know, you heard he should be started in week eighteen, and it was one good game that we were basing off of. Essentially, you know, he had some good moments in the other three appearances prior to yesterday, but um, I just didn't think the sample size of him playing well was big enough. I thought he played poorly more on the other side, but he helped you if you started him that one game. I know I did. You can also say, hey, same team, Josh Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah, he helped me get Mike, to a champion. Mike White really jumps out. <laughs> but were people yeah. using him? No, and that's that's why I don't I don't know how to approach this. Right. So in week three, Peyton Barber had 23 fantasy points. And then he totaled 20 the rest of the way. Does that make him a candidate for a one-week wonder when no one started him, no one used him, no one picked him up? You know, he might have. It doesn't right. even matter what he did. I, should, think I think it's like the fooled you type thing. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is it, is it really that? useful. Okay, so why don't we just why don't we make it the useful one week, guys? You know, good best best Jackson one and week Huntley belong. Yes, uh, I would say I would say Braxton Berrios. Yeah, in week seventeen, I would say Kadarius Tony. Okay, when was he remember, started? He had a good game, game before the crazy good game, the Saints game. You picked him up after the Saints game. You started him in the Cowboys game, maybe? Yep. I mean, you could even say Kenny Galladay, too. <laughs> you know, just for one game wonder. He had the Saints game. That was it. 
Yeah, but, but I don't know that he really fits. Who's a guy that we plugged in for one week and got a huge week? Um, Huntley is one. Jackson's one. It's a good call. Um, Barrios, are we good with that? I mean, how many good weeks did Khalil Herbert have? Two, yeah, three? That, he's a good call. Right. Yeah, a bunch. But he's not a one-week guy. No, he's not. 18-18-9 in the middle of the year. Middle of the fantasy season. This is tough. Where was Corey Davis ranked going into week one? Outside the top 35? Yeah. He, he's on my list. I can share my list with you. No, but he had a few good games, though. How about Trevor Lawrence after week one? But that's, that's like going back to the, to the fool Jew theme. Right. The useful yeah. theme. Uh, okay. So if it's going to be useful for the week, I think some people might have used Brax in week 17. I know people used Huntley in week 15 and Justin Jackson in week six. Yeah, I feel pretty good about those three. And, man. This Emmanuel so Sanders hard. in week three, 26 points? No, but it's got to be like, oh, you picked him up off the waiver wire, basically. Duke Johnson's one good game. But no one Nobody was using them. Yeah, they did the next week. And then he was horrible the next week yeah, against right. the Saints. Right, that's what it is. That we're, we're kind of battling this. Is it fooled you, fooled you or is it useful? I think this guy had one big week and then was useless. Okay. Uh, Jackson, well, Elijah Moore did it twice. I would go so Jackson, I can, Huntley. Yeah. To me, this is Huntley's category to lose. Jackson, Huntley, Duke Johnson. CJ, CJ Uzama. Uzama had a couple of big games. I just don't know if people were really trusting him those weeks. Damn it. I hate this. I, I can't figure this out. Um, all right. So, so Hunt- you say Barrios. Barrios be the fourth one. All right. Okay. Tyler Huntley, Braxton Barrios, Justin Jackson, and who is the fourth? Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. Ugh. All right. Great category. You also maybe say Dontrell Hilliard. Duke Johnson's the fool you guy. How about no Dearness? Okay. How about Dearness Johnson? Oh, Ramondre there Stevenson. There oh, there it is. Who Dearness? Thank- yes. All right. Yep. Fantastic one. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Great. Let's uh, let's read one email here to finish the show. I gotta go, so I'll catch you guys Wait. Wednesday. Oh, I thought we were all doing right. FFT in five, Jamie. Yeah, I've got a call. I'll I'll talk to you after. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. There we go. Planning on the air, Dave. One email here. From Devin. Hey, Paul, Ricky, Eagle, and Simon. Paul, Ricky, Eagle, and Simon. I don't have that one. Yeah, I don't have a clue. Paul, Ricky, Eagle, and Simon are... I'll tell you in a second. Was this the year that we saw the downfall of mobile quarterbacks? Kyler Murray, Dud, Lamar Jackson, Dud, Dak. Wouldn't really call him a mobile quarterback, to be honest with you. Russ, Fields, Taysom, Hurts, etc., uh, really, Josh Allen was the only mobile quarterback that lived up to the expectations while the pocket passers excelled. Do you share the same sentiment and feel that it could be due to this year's defensive trend of two high safeties? And will this this impact next year's rankings on heavily weighting mobile quarterbacks? See, I think the two high safeties did more of a did more damage against passers than runners, because when the safeties are playing back, it almost encourages you to run the football more. I think just injuries piled up for these guys. Certainly in the case of Lamar and Kyler, they missed plenty of time. But when they did, when Kyler played, he ran well a good portion of the time. It wasn't an every week thing. Same thing with Lamar. And you saw the potential with Fields. He just didn't get there every week. Taysom, same thing. Hurts, Hurts is the one that I think had some good consistency running for, for much of the year. 
I don't think it's necessarily the end of it, but I think you still consider that rushing potential as part of the makeup for all these quarterbacks and what they can do moving forward. And that's what will keep them certainly relevant in fantasy, if not pushed up a little bit higher than where they would be based on their arm. It looks like Paul, Ricky, Eagle, and Simon are Frisbee golfers. You ever play Frisbee golf? Rolf? I've got a uh, Frisbee golf course near my house. I ride my bike past it all the time. I've never played. Really? When you were younger? I think it's too strenuous of an exercise for me. <laughs> when you were younger, I don't know anyone who did this, not me. Did you ever drive by golf courses and honk your horn in the middle of people's backswing? When I was younger. <laughs> Because I had a lot of fun doing that. It was last week. You did not. Okay, I didn't. But I thought about it. (laughs) Yeah. Really fun thing. Boy, they hate that. They really, really hate that. Okay. Uh, We're out of here, everybody. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk about the coaching changes, some other 2022 things. And uh, later in the week, we'll talk about the the, uh, wild card round. To Dave and Jamie and Ben, thank you. I am Adam. Talk to you later on Fantasy Football Team. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.